Welcome back to The Good Stuff, Cliff Central's very own happy hour. With myself, Brent Lindekew, the good news guy. It's Tuesday, y'all. I've got you in studio. We're all going to chat about the good stuff going on. We're going to bring you the top five good news stories, uh, inspiration for the week. We've got Jade joining us, the 15-year-old sensation uh, who is taking South Africa and, and the world by storm. Her new single, Produced. All the way in Los Angeles, she's going to bring that to us. Uh, plus, we've got Natasha Massimento, an incredible South African in studio, who lived in South Africa, moved to America, and is changing the face of human trafficking globally. Like, she's just a huge change maker. And she's in studio all the way from Tampa. She's going to chat to us about what she's doing and um, if she's got any plans to bring that stuff to South Africa. And then we've also got a surprise guest also from America. It looks like the Americans are taking over our studio. Dawn Mann, uh, an advertising a- she works in an advertising agency, but she's here in South Africa on a project. I met her. I heard about something that she did. And I just want to bring that to you guys because I think it's flipping cool. It's It's quite a good story. Um, busy, busy show. If you have any questions for Natasha, Dawn, Jade, Nikki, or myself, it's, it's a big girl studio today, Nix. I know, we're, we're, we're estrogening it up. <laughs> hanging it out with the ladies. You can tweet us on cliffcentral.com or myself, Brent Linekew. Uh, I'll give the tweets to Nikki because she doesn't even check her Twitter. Um, you can also send messages to WeChat or you can give us a call on 0861 Nikki, how the hell are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm well. I had a bit of a busy weekend. Um, it just doesn't stop, man. The life doesn't put a pause button on anything. I literally went from one event to the next, and I missed a couple. There's people that are angry with me. Angry? Are they like angry, angry? Angry, I did. But uh, you're you're a man that's in demand, so. Jeez, on Friday night I did CNBC. I don't know if you guys watched that. Just saying, I was on CNBC channel. Hashtag just saying. Um, so I did that on Friday, and then Saturday I worked at X Five the whole day which is that red bull stunt where they have the trick bikers doing the back flips and the front flips and the superman i'm gonna be honest with you don't ask me any questions about that because i didn't actually see anything i was gonna say did you actually get to see anything because normally when you go to these things people are like oh my god you get to do such cool stuff but then actually you don't see any of it because you're busy working yeah well um i mean you can call work standing by the bar having red bull (laughs) and vodka um but that was basically it. we didn't actually get to get to experience much about the X-Fighters. It was an amazing vibe, like a really cool vibe. It was loads of people. There were 20,000 people there. Yeah. Everybody was, um, I mean, just, I don't think Red Bull's great for you because it's got a lot of sugar and caffeine and, and taurine, but take 20,000 people and the only thing they serve is Red Bull. So you can drink like Red Bull and vodka, Red Bull and whiskey, Red Bull and Red Bull. Um, Red Bull and Red Bull. <laughs> you can literally, that I think, I'm actually speaking faster than I should because the Red Bull. You took so much Red Bull. It's like bouncing off the walls. <laughs> the Red Bull's still in my system. Didn't, then did they have the other flavors? Cause then they have like new flavors of Red Bull now. You know what's crazy? They don't even launch the flavors anymore. No, so they just put them on the shelves and then. Here's a surprise. There was a yellow can. I was like, what? I saw that the other day, actually. What is the yellow can? No idea. I didn't drink it. I only drink the sugar-free one. Okay. Um, you remember I watched that sugar form? Yes, yeah. I'm totally staying away from sugar. It's so bad for you. So, no, so bad. I don't drink Red Bull at all. The caffeine gives me like heart palpitations. Yeah, crazy, crazy. And then on Saturday, I was meant to go to Movida. They relaunched as something or other or whatever. And I was getting very rude messages from people who were there. 
having a big party. Um, and Billy the Bums. I sort of missed that as well. I don't know what happened to my throat there. I was going to say, you yeah. got very, that was like pure, actual upset. Emotion, emotion. That emotion. you didn't go to Billy the Bums. Well, it was more the messages that I was getting. <laughs> <laughs> Angry people. I remember, uh, I mean, if you think of old movies, they would chase people with pitchforks and, and flames. <laughs> now you get, now you get WhatsApp messages. Yeah. The WhatsApp messages chase you. And not angry tweets. I- not ideal. But, um, like I said, I did meet Dawn, who's going to be in the show in a little bit. And I got to do one of my favorite things. And that's tour South Africa, tour Joburg, show someone who is not from here, was her first time in South Africa. We're going to ask her what she thinks about South Africa. And I got to show her a little bit about what we have and the beauty that we have. I have to say, when I have people over, because obviously, I mean, I know I'm not from here either, but I don't get to see much because I'm working all the time. Yeah, so you don't tough. actually get to go off and explore and, and see all, and do all the touristy stuff. So like when people come over for me, it's great because it means that I actually get to do all that stuff as well. Well, one, one of the big things... Um, we're anywhere where you live is that you tend not to travel. Yeah, no, that's so, true. So, I mean, when you when I was living in the States for the first couple of weeks, I, I tried to see as much as I could. And then you sort of get stuck in that rut and you... Well, you, life happens. Life happens. And then you have to work and you have to do all the other stuff that you need to do, like fixing the house and all that kind of stuff. For sure. Next, you were at, uh, you, you were at the rugby game on Saturday. How was that? Yes. Was it, was it great? It was. It was absolutely packed. For real? Yeah, but it was, it was the Bulls versus the Lions. So I think it's obviously quite a big game. Okay. So you might not be from Johannesburg, but you have been living here for almost five years. Who do you support? Are we going with the, the Blues or the Reds? Um, in all honesty, I don't actually support anybody when it comes to South African rugby, like local rugby. I suppose if I had to, I mean, there's two ways of it. Okay. So everyone says that I have to support the Lions because I live in Joburg. I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to go with that one. So that's what I'm supposed to do. But then I feel that like, I do have a little bit of a soft, soft spot, bleh, start again, soft spot for the Bulls because of work. Yeah. So I do spend a lot of time there. Every time they're at Loftus, I'm there. And so you, you get to meet the players and yeah. hang out with them. And so well, I have like, like a little friends. bit of a soft spot for them. So I suppose that it's I like the Bulls or the Lions. Bulls or the Lions. When they play each other, I'm just like, nah, whoever wins, it's a win-win for me. That's a win-win for you. Win-win for you. That's super, super rad. But um, okay. So this is the good stuff, and we're all about the good stuff. And every week we have a little segment where we try to bring you the good stuff. And um, and Nikki's in 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 the house today, so she's gonna bring. All of our good news stories. Next, what do we have there? Uh, oh, oh, do I not even get my intro? That's coming, yo. I was going to say, I was, I was waiting to get my groove on and you just throw me in there. I'd like to have a little bit of a... A <laughs> little bit of an intro. Okay, we'll kick it off. We'll kick it off. What do you have at number five? Okay, at number five, we have the vending machines that dispense free books. That's cool. Yeah, but it's not just free. Like they, it's not vending machines that they place. It's to impoverished communities. Well, yes, that is the key point. But, you know, I didn't want to give it all away. I wanted I want to give you something to say, Brent, you know, <laughs> something to break to the people. Well, yeah, it's a really cool story. So a company in America has decided that they want to spread education um, and remove, again, sugar. Sugar is a huge problem worldwide. People are trying to avoid it like the plague. This company, this organization has started collecting books and funds to create vending machines, which they are putting in underprivileged schools, underprivileged parks, underprivileged libraries, underprivileged stores. They're putting up all these vending machines and it's 100% free. Um, one of the big things that they've tried to do is make it accessible to families so that parents won't have to go out of their way to find the bookstores. Okay, so they're putting them in places where people will be. So it's not like, okay, we've got to walk... 
10 mile 10 million kilometers just to go find a book yeah and the vending machines are pretty cool they hold um quite a lot of books it looks like almost 100 books in each vending machine 100 different types of books and the kids can can sort of read what they want take it and if they want to bring it back they can as well they don't have to oh that's cool yeah they don't have to so once you're done with the book you can keep it maybe it's it's something that you want to own uh you might be underprivileged as they would be so um there's something for you to keep or you can give it back and pay it forward to someone else again that's quite cool because it's it's almost like a library so they can take a book take it back take another book take it back it's important it's really cool and and then everyone still gets to read that book it's not like they're just it's gone once it's gone gone once it's gone i like that that's what mandela said education is the key to changing absolutely everything and i think it's important if we and reading is important it makes you more intelligent it's uh it gives you a bigger vocab keeps your brain active and it keeps your brain active like that's what's that secudo or whatever it's called that game well obviously you don't read no, but it's I all don't. good we're not going to judge <laughs> <laughs> i'm more of a movie watcher okay at number four we have the gem- generous homeless man gets a second chance so these stories happen quite often in south africa and maybe is because we have so many homeless people in south africa but this guy was out in durban begging for money his name's daniel kruger and he was standing at the intersection and a woman drove past on her motorbike and she said um, um, he, he didn't ask her for money and he didn't beg. He just went, wow, you look super cool. You're the first woman I've ever seen on such a big superbike. And she smiled and she laughed and they shared a moment. And she decided, flip man, I need to help this guy out. So she went and she drew a bit of money. She came back and um, she gave him the cash and, and sort of sat and had lunch with him and heard his story. And then she posted... I mean, come on, we all live on social media. That's where everything goes down. She posted it on her social media and the post went viral. All of her friends joined in to help this guy. They have found him a job, a home. Um, they've set him up with a couple of sort of furniture, groceries, all of those sorts of things. And they're going to help him through to get his second chance. That's amazing. Like some people just need the help to get it started. And it's, you know, and it's, that's the hard part is getting it started. A hundred percent. And, and that's exactly what you're saying, Nick. Um, when you're down and out and you're in that situation, uh, generally friends are few and, and you not really, you don't have that helping hand that yeah, you're looking for. And, and that's something maybe that we could do is share a little kindness, um, and realize that, that, uh, people on the streets are all human as well. What do we have at number three? At number three, we have the man that spent years building something that will change people's lives forever and it won't cost anyone a cent. All right. So this is, this is a biggie. A- ALS is massive at the moment. Um, it's massive at the moment. The, we had the ALS bucket challenge and, uh, and, it's here in South Africa, US van der Vestes and is the face of it. He's trying to change things here in South Africa to help people who might be in the same position and, um, and not able to help themselves. One of the things that happens, which is quite interesting, is when you do have MND or ALS, is, uh, your, your all of your motor neuron disappear. Your, yeah. your muscle function disappears. Your nerves disappear. The only things that don't really go that on the exterior are your eyes. Yeah, so you can so, still, so they're developing the... Well, they did. Y- Stephen, yeah. Stephen Hawking has got their machine. It's almost like a little iPad mm. that he looks at and it registers as he looks at a word, the iPad or the, or the screen registered where your eyes are looking. It pinpoints that word and starts to develop sentences. Um, and Joost van der Westeisen is currently using that application as well when talking. Um, one of the interesting things is, is, is this guy has developed the same software because that software is hellishly expensive. I was going to say, I bet that's really expensive and obviously, 
Only the more privileged people are able to have access to that. Same price as a small car. Sure. So he's decided, or it was a decision that he made, um, to to recode or decode and then recode the software to create it on an open platform that's 100% free, which he's put on the internet and, and you're able to download so that you could use it on your tablet or application. That's crazy. And and when people heard about this, they thought it was great. Um, and the Americans started throwing money at him going, you're amazing. Here's some cash to develop other stuff. And he went, no, 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 no. That doesn't help anybody. That doesn't work for anybody. I don't need the money. So he opened a GoFundMe page for cancer research. All of the money that he's gotten, he's put on the GoFundMe page. He sent people to the GoFundMe page. So not only has he helped all these ALS people for free, but he's jumping on another bandwagon to help other segments of people. So he's it's people, flipping yeah, amazing. That's crazy. He's getting something from doing one good thing and then putting it into another good thing. And that's what it's all about, right? Paying it forward, helping, helping mankind. This is true. This is true. Okay, here's number two. Nikki can't say the first word, <laughs> so I'll say it for her. It's Airbnb, Nick. Well, that's what I thought it was, but I didn't want to sound stupid because last time I said something wrong, you laughed at me. So. Well, we love laughing at you. That's why It's okay. I'm here. a natural blonde. It's not my fault. <laughs> okay, so Airbnb for refugees matches migrants to Europeans volunteering homes. This is like a dating site for refugees. That sounds terrible. <laughs> no, so Airbnb is that um, it's that application that you can download onto your phone. Sia was actually asking me about it this morning because he's looking at traveling and, and sort of where he's going to stay. And I said it's really cool. I haven't heard any horror stories from South Africa, um, but internationally it's a really good deal. You can get really good housing or hotel or accommodation while you're traveling really cheap because it's it's you renting out your house yeah that's i know a lot of people that it happens in the uk and they do it with like their cars and stuff as well so do you know instead of like hiring a car from a place you'll hire it from the person so you'll hire like your personal car so say for example you're going away for two weeks you're not going to drive your car or you're not going to be in your house you can hire your house out or your car out and that's the way it should be you i mean yeah. you make money off your assets so uh this airbnb it's actually called refugeeswelcome.org they've opened it up for refugees to find volunteers who are opening up their homes for the refugees in Europe. So there's the huge refugee crisis going on. We've all heard about it. We've all seen it. It's all over the news. Here's someone who is proactive. It was two two ladies from Europe who started this website, and it is really helping people. It's joining them. Yeah, and also, again, it's like what we've just said before. You know, sometimes people just need that little help to get them started and, you know, getting them, giving them somewhere to stay just for however long while they get themselves sorted, is giving them a second chance. Hashtag second chances. Hashtag. What is our number one story? Okay, the number one story is the story behind the woman who discovered humankind's newest relative. Yes. This is so cool. Well, it's so the homo naledi, uh, which which it's been all over the news. If you haven't uh, seen it, what rock have you been living under? Maybe you're looking for another species as well under that rock. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's why you didn't, because you were down the hole totally, finding it. Totally. But the, I mean, and there's this huge debate between evolution and we've got our fantastic politicians that are all over the interwebs talking about how religion and the weather and it's embarrassing. Um, I'm not even going to go there. We, the other side of this is not just that um, perhaps a newly discovered relative has been found, but it was found by six women. Yeah. So that's, a, I mean, in this, in this field, in the scientific field, 90% of the stories, the finds, the discoveries are male. It's the, the men who are finding it. 
See, do you know why females found it? Because did you see where it was? They had to go down the smallest gaps to get there so no man could get down there. Well, that that is exactly why. The professor from Whitbank who first made the discovery and, and sort of thought there was something in the caves put the uh, the call out on the, I don't know what it would be, like the scientific Facebook where all the where all the oh, scientists As far as I know, it was in. his own personal Facebook. But obviously because he's got so many scientists that are friends with him on Facebook. That's how he kind of reached out to everybody. Yeah, so he put it out there. And women from all around the world, Canada, Europe, America, they all jumped on board. They gave their sizes so that they knew they could fit through these small crevices and sort of spaces Yeah, because I believe did, he sent his son down yeah. um, to take pictures um, before they started actually doing the actual excavation of it. Totally. Um, just of what they saw on the surface. And he's like 17 or something like that. See, so he's little. And he was like, yeah, there's no way that I'm going to get myself down there. I think they were saying it's something like 18 centimeters yeah, was the tiny, diameter tiny, of the hole. Tiny, tiny, Interesting enough, um, that find in, in the, that they found for Homo Naledi is it's doubled the human find the amount so yeah. let's let's say i mean the stats i'm going to give you are complete thumb suck but let's say over the past 200 years we found 2000 different artifacts that come from the human genome they doubled that in less than a month yeah by this find it's insane they're also saying that it's the first complete hand that they found wow um and they had um like obviously the um the mandible and the teeth and everything. So that's, but they said it's the first complete hand that they found. Um, and I think like the rib cage and stuff. No, it was, I, I actually thought that was so interesting. Well, it is interesting and it's all part of our history and our evolution. I just think, don't forget, I, and I'm glad that you read up on, on the fact that it was woman because I've been listening to the news and sort of watching it and they, they're still not, they're not highlighting them, they're no. not showing them. No, they're just, they're just big on the fact that they found something. They're not really talking much about the people who actually found it. Ah. All right. So that is the good stuff. Um, this is Cliff Central and, uh, Stay tuned. This is CliffCentral.com. I am the future of South Africa. On my shoulders, I carry the hopes and dreams of generations to come. I'm eager to learn, but even more eager to use my knowledge for good. I know that it's not where I come from, but where I'm going to that really matters. At Sibanya Gold, we believe our youth is worth its weight in gold, which is why we are so committed to developing, nurturing, and grooming our young people into future leaders. Sibanya Gold, we are one. Sir Richard Branson had a game-changing idea. He made it happen. You have a game-changing idea, and now Sir Richard wants to discuss it with you aboard the Virgin Atlantic 787 Dreamliner. Presenting Dream Tropeneur. Email dream at cliffcentral.com with your one-minute video or audio recorded business plan. If our panel of judges think it's a game changer, you'll be one of ten to attend a course at the Joburg Branson Center of Entrepreneurship. Then, two final winners will take home 40,000 Rand in cash, 140,000 Rand's digital marketing package, one week in London attending Global Entrepreneurship Week, and time with Sir Richard Branson aboard the Virgin Atlantic 787 Dreamliner. An idea is only ever an idea until you make it happen. T's and C's apply. Go to cliffcentral.com for more info. Are you South Africa's next dream tropeneur? On radio. On radio. More of the good stuff. Cliffcentral.com. 
All right, so our weekly inspiration, uh, it's someone who's truly making a difference in uh, sort of South Africa, but even the world, so, is in studio with us. Natasha Masmento is an incredible South African who currently lives in America, but is originally from South Africa, so we're going to discuss a little bit about that, and she's changing the face of trafficking globally, like this this woman change maker, a thought leader. I've known her since I was maybe in varsity days. Um, and back then, I think I knew that you would be this great. Like I thought, maybe the thought was there. Tash, it's great to have you in the good stuff. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. No, well, look at her. She's got her South African accent on. She brought it just for us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first things first, you were born in South Africa. Yes. Born and raised in Joburg. And then when I was 17, actually I was 16, in my matric year, which I do not recommend any parents doing this to your kids. Um, we moved to Tampa. Tampa, Florida. Yeah, Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida. <laughs> um, and you were saying you shouldn't do it in matric. Was that, was that quite difficult? It was a very difficult transition. I don't think any girls are trying to be friends with a foreign girl in their, in their last year of high school that has an accent. Were you not, not cool? Not so much. Like, I mean, South Africa. Uh, yeah, it was cool. Then yeah. not so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Not with the girls anyway, so. Oh, but yeah. I mean, you, you've, you've set yourself in there and you've made friends and you, you love America. I do love it there. I mean, listen, I'll always, South Africa will always be my home. Always, always be my home. Um, and I don't know if I'd be able to live there if I couldn't come home as much as I do. I mean, yeah. I come home a lot, at least three times a year. I'm, yeah. So. Yeah. You're lucky that way. Yeah. Very lucky. lucky very, very lucky. Okay. So moving on, you, I mean, you, you started school there, you did school and then you went to college in, I mean, I met you in Miami and that's where, that's <laughs> you where did. you were, that's, that's where you were going to college. <laughs> I was trying to go to college there, but I couldn't get a whole lot done. So I had to move back to Tampa. Yeah. I kept her, I kept her kind of busy. Mm, yes, we, did. we partied a little bit. She saved my life a couple of times. Mm. Um, so we had some good stories. Then you went back to Tampa, finished your studies. Um, where the hell did the trafficking come in? So actually, um, when I finished my studies, I was in finance. I did was in banking, private banking, and then eventually financial advising for Morgan Stanley. Um, and then sort of when you're on top of your game, I felt miserable inside. I felt miserable, and I couldn't understand why. And then I remembered a promise that I actually made when I was a kid. I was very small. I was probably about six or seven years old. And because I had a very negative experience when I was a child growing up, um, and I met other girls that also had the same experience, but they were very affected by the experience. So they were, um, you know, sort of promiscuous, abusing alcohol, abusing drugs, all these sorts of things at a very young age. So it's girls that had some kind of sexual abuse in their history. And because I wasn't like that, I wasn't a statistic of my experience, so to speak. I promised that I would do something. And so one day I went to a park and I just literally was like, what's wrong with me? Why do I feel like this? And I remembered that I made this promise and I started it off as a project. And it was just supposed to be a project to help women and children. It was not going to be for trafficking. And then I did research and I would see, okay, sexual abuse, um, strip clubs, forced prostitution. And in America at the time, they were arresting children for prostitution. So you could be a 10-year-old little girl. You don't even know how to walk in high heels properly. And you're getting raped essentially every day and then thrown in jail, which I can't even imagine being that young and having, you know, that kind of experience. Well, yeah, when you're, when you're 10 years old, you're not walking the streets. Yeah, exactly. That, that's not the way it should be. That's no, not the norm. No, absolutely not. So I couldn't believe that kids were getting arrested and then sort of one thing evolved into the next. And, um, we 
changed the laws and um, then because we changed the laws and we said they couldn't arrest kids anymore. Yeah, well, I, I was going to get into yeah, that. Yeah, sorry, right. go. So, so, you know me, I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I mean, you realized there was this problem. People around you, did they know that, that there was trafficking going on in their own hometowns? No. In fact, there was a news headline in a newspaper in Tampa and the first few lines said, in 2012, people thought South African native Natasha Nascimento was crazy for talking about human trafficking in Tampa. They were like, who is this foreign girl talking about trafficking? And if there is trafficking going on, it's certainly not our children. It's got to be kids that are coming from, you know, third world countries. Like South Asia. Africa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. they, they're like bringing them in from South Africa. To... And look, people ask me all the time. Like, like it is in the movies, I guess. Yeah, it's not funny, but it is funny. And they're like, were you trafficked? And I'm like, no, I was not trafficked to America. I came here with my family, but yeah, so they well, weren't, they weren't, it took a lot to, to, to create momentum in the awareness of it all, yeah. And then sure. you, you landed up changing the legislation. Like you went as far as... Changing the laws. Uh, some some things, yes. So um, when Safe House programs, well, our program was one of the first programs in the state of Florida that had a Safe House for Children, there was no certification language. There was no legislation. And so we got to go um, to the Florida House of Representatives and, you know, Tallahassee, which is the, cap- the capital of Florida. We got to go and present all of our stuff to them. And then we got to go to um, the cap- wi- the White House, actually. Wow. Um, and we got to go and testify in front of Congress and all that good stuff. So, yeah, it's it's been a crazy journey. I never expected it to turn into everything that it's turned into. Never in yeah, my saw, wildest dreams. I saw a post on your, on your Facebook the other day. When you started the Redefining Refuge page in 2012, you had like one like. <laughs> yeah, there was you. Please, you, you, you were the person that liked the page, and you're now sitting on something stupid like two hundred thousand or something. Yeah, 185,000 likes. That is incredible. It's it's incredible. Amazing. It's very humbling, hey, because it's one thing to have a vision, but it's a whole other thing when people start buying into your vision. Because without those people, you can't create change. You can't yeah. do anything. There's one of you. Um, and it's amazing what we can do when we come together to do something. So I'm very thankful for that. Okay. So just redefining refuge, you guys, um, assist children and women who are in terrible situations yes. and you put them into safe houses. You were telling me that like no one even knows where the house is. That's true. Top, top, top secret. That's true. So our program is a safe house and, um, so we work with the FBI, with law enforcement, with all that sort of thing. So they know where our safe house is, but for everyone else, it's in an undisclosed location. Um, the kids don't even really know where they are sometimes. They'll say, you know, when they get there, are they in Georgia? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe. I'm not <laughs> sure. um, so yeah, it's a safe house. We don't have any iPads. We don't have any anything with the Wi-Fi or anything where the, potentially our location could be given up. Um, a lot of our children, unfortunately, are still very attached to their perpetrators, to their traffickers or to their pimps. And so if they can, they would try to find a way to, to reach them, which is hard. How, how long is the process to, to rehabilitation? You know what? It depends on the child, um, the length of trauma. We've had children that have been trafficked since they were nine years old, and we only get them when they're 17. I mean, that's a problem. Um, and then you have other children that have might have been exposed to trafficking for a very short period of time, and then it's a bit easier. So our kids all get therapy three days a week. Um, we do in-house schooling. We do everything sort of in-house, therapy, schooling, everything you mentioned so. also that um that the community was like no ways that's that's not our kids so you're saying it is how does that happen how, how do kids get into that situation you know in in florida i can say specifically that there's a 
and people don't think this, but there's a massive homeless youth population. So people think, I remember when I left, the day I left to go to America, I was like videoing the felt because I was like, I'm never going to see the felt again in my life. And then there's openness everywhere. And so there, there's plenty of homeless children. There are plenty of homeless children that are vulnerable. Um, I think the best definition that I've heard for trafficking is the exploitation of a vulnerability. So traffickers are patient people. What do you need? Do you need a home? Do you need food? Um, one of the cases that we had with um, the FBI that we worked with, the little girl said, but he gives me a Subway sandwich whenever I'm hungry. Wow. And that just broke my heart. So these children for fundamental needs that are really the rights of a child, um, they get involved with these people, these perpetrators that, that you know essentially use and abuse them to for fundamental needs. So. It, it, it's devastating to hear, but it's in the same breath, it's hopeful to see that one one person is just slogging away and, and creating change and, and helping Thanks. one child at a time. Thanks, yeah. Uh, which is what it comes down to. The problem is in South Africa as well, though. So, And, and you were saying you travel here often. Um, what are the plans? <laughs> the pressure is on. <laughs> the million-dollar question. So we do have plans to do work in South Africa, but I just... I don't know that safe houses are the right way to go um, because of a lot of different situations, frankly, that go on here that we can't necessarily control like we can there. So I think we are leaning towards creating jobs of some sort. So um, we had some survivors that I met with the other day that made these dolls that are beautiful dolls. And so if we can get them to make these dolls and then sort of sell them overseas, we can funnel all of that money, 100% of the money back here and maybe start to cre- create some jobs for survivors so that they don't end up back in those situations. Situations. Yeah. The, the one thing that you just mentioned about the safe houses, um, and maybe our listeners would wonder why, but the reason why we would not be able to do safe houses is because of corruption, right? Exactly. Absolutely. It, it's a, it's a very, I mean, if, if you just, if that location gets disclosed, you have no program. It's, it's done. Your staff's in trouble. Your kids are in trouble. Um, and I just don't think that that would work over here. It's far too easy in this country, unfortunately, to say it, but it's far too easy for someone to just pay some money for the information. Exactly. And people will give it up easily for the information. Then, exactly. For okay, the well, money, I mean. I, I'm flipping proud of you. And, Thanks, man. Um, I'm glad that you're doing such amazing <laughs> stuff. Thank you. And uh, it's good to have you in South Africa. I've got you here for a couple more days, so I'm hopefully going to take you, I don't know, to Beer House or something. Perfect. We'll do something. Um, if our listeners want to get involved and they want to follow you and they want to, I don't know, they want to follow the journey, whether they're international or local, how do they get hold of you? So, I mean, we have Facebook, obviously, Redefining Refuge, um, Twitter, and Instagram. So we are on all of those things. You can also visit our website, which I believe you put on somewhere. Did you? Know? I did. Yeah. Okay. I, and, I, and I'll repost all of those links again after the show. Perfect. So that all the listeners can get hold of them. They can also go to my page on, on cliffcentral.com and we put everything there. Cool. And I just want to say one thing though. There is a local organization. It's called the National Freedom Network and Redefining Refuge has done a lot of sort of isolated projects with them. Um, they are wonderful if people are wanting to get actively involved in terms of, you know, if you want to collect toiletries for safe houses or whatever you want to do, they are a good resources as well. So. Absolutely incredible. We'll repost all of those links. It's been incredible having you on the show. I need you to pass the mic over to Dawn. She's been sitting here so patiently. quietly and patiently <laughs> listening. Dawn, welcome to the good stuff. Hello, hello. It's good to have you here. Great to be here. Great. So unexpected. So unexpected. Well, this whole trip was unexpected I for know. you, right? A week ago, you were sitting in... In your home, in the US of A, and all of a sudden, you I don't know, on Sunday you were playing with lions? Yes, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolute- Which is 
completely awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. That can't happen in America, just saying. No. Um, so you're in, you're in South Africa, uh, it's your first time here, right? Yes, first time. First time here. Do you love it? I absolutely love it. So I, I texted a friend last night and I said, I think I'm gonna stay. Like, I really, really, really love it. What? I do. A convert. Yeah. She's a convert. Oh, I know, I just, I can't help it. It's fantastic. Yeah, I I think you need to stay. Yeah. I think that's that's the plan. What has been, what has been your best part about South Africa? You've been here for a couple of days. What have you loved the most? I mean, you've had a whirlwind, a sort of whirlwind in and out. I have, I have. You know, I think really the Lion Park. I, I that was just probably the best part. But I've had like delicious food, like oh yeah, and wine and beer and, and all the all the good stuff. And and crackling. <laughs> And uh, bacon. B- uh, the crackling, the, yeah. the pork crackling. Oh, I said it wrong? Oh, well, it's the same thing. Sorry, it's I'm a little... Thing. I'm from Texas. That's a little country. I'm a little country. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what were your expectations when coming to South Africa? Uh, you only heard last week, but what were your expectations? Uh, I absolutely had none. I actually thought I was going to get in like a body of water. So I had no idea really where I was coming. So I thought I'd be closer to the coast where I could like, um, you know, dip my feet in. I have my bathing suit. Won't be using it. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of cold and there's a pool at the, at the hotel, but it's kind of cold. Yeah. The weather's not, I mean, we're we're heading into spring now. So it's just starting to get warm. Yeah. Just starting to get warm. We have like one really, really hot day and then the next couple of days will be colder and then you have a really hot day. I, have I haven't gotten days. one of those hot days yet. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. How long okay. are you here for? Just till tomorrow. Uh, yeah, it's super, know, super quick. But I that, know. I mean, that's not why I dragged you into the studio. It's yes. great that, uh, to see South Africa through the eyes of an American. I loved, or just a tourist, love taking you on these tours and sort of seeing what South Africa holds. Yeah. You told me a story about something that you did when, uh, and I mean, you can, you can sort of tell the story, but you did or created something called a leap list. Yes. What the hell is that? Okay, so it is just a, I'll give you a little background. So I was, um, I went through a, a really tough divorce. Uh, I was my high school sweetheart, known mm-hmm. him since I was very, very young. Um, had a, you know, of course a child together and I just, um, it was really tough and, and it took me a little bit longer than I expected to get over it. And so once I did and once I decided I wanted to basically live again and, and kind of, um, uh, reinvent myself. I created this list of all the things that I felt like I, um, had not done. I, that I wished that I had done, um, wanted to do like dreams started coming back to me and hopes and, you know, all of the, all of that. And so I just wanted to really live. And so my leap list is about right now about 122 things and I just marked them off and I put the date on there. Um, and it, and it just kind of recharges me and I have it posted up in my, in my bathroom and I share it with people. Um, and then every time I get an opportunity to mark something off, then I mark it off. And so, and, and we didn't call yeah. it a bucket list because we know we're near the end of anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's really about leaping back into life. And so we all have things that, that have, you know, um, kind of slowed us down or put us in a slump or something that we need to redo or refocus or re-energize or restart. And so whether that's divorce or death or, um, you know, loss of a job or whatever that is. So it's, it's a great opportunity for anybody to leap back into life. I love how you said that you decided to, 
you chose. Oh, yeah. Once I decided yeah. to start living again, I did yeah. all the stuff. So it's just it's choice. It's I love, choice. Absolutely. I love it's that. Choice. Yeah. Absolutely. Dawn, Dawn also, um, you were telling me that the way that you did it was you put it on a card. Yes. And then you wrote what that leap was. So if the leap, the, the idea would be like, I mean, the, the, the option that we used was zip lining. Yeah. So the, the idea, I need to go zip lining. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need to do that in Africa. <laughs> Very specific. So yeah. So I try to be specific in, because it, it, you know, it's in anything in business. When you write down a goal, you need to be specific. It needs to be a smart goal, right? Absolutely. We hear that acronym all the time. So it's the same thing with any, you know, with, with this. It really is. I need to do it within, within this time frame in this place. Um, sometimes you attach a person to it because accountability is really cool too. Um, and you know, and that's the, the other part of it is I want to create, um, an app to go with it. And so oh, wow. if we're in a place together, I'm in South Africa and I say, I want to zip line over crocodiles. I'm sure there's someone else here who that would want to zip line thing. over crocodiles. <laughs> and so we can go together, right? And so that's that, amazing. The zip line might have been on there their list but not the crocodiles but maybe they'll you know compromise and go with me or whatever I but love that. um it really is about you know leaping back into life together and having and meeting new people and friends and then even um con- reconnecting with people that we ha- hadn't connected with in a in a while so um there are a lot of components i'm still working on it and it's uh i was i was sharing it and it's and and i got to do stuff here which is like I were those on your leap list? So there, there were a couple of things, and and nothing um, South Africa specific. But now I'm I'm going back to my list and kind of rearranging <laughs> <laughs> everything exactly. to your list now. You exactly, <laughs> yeah. So there's some things I saw. I'm like, okay, let's add that. Okay, that's so, for the next visit. <laughs> Cindy Mando from Ireland has actually just said you need to hurry up with your app. Oh yes, because uh, she needs a leap list. She loves it. Wonderful. I will do that, Cindy. Thank so you. So you, you better get going I, on that. You better get going. I I want my own leap list as well. And mine's going to be long. Yeah, long probably one. very long. Very long. <laughs> make it so it's like, doesn't have a limit on how many leaps oh, you absolutely. can put on there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah. All right, Dawn, if people want to keep in touch, I know that uh, that you weren't even expecting to be on the show, but if people want to follow you on social media or get hold of you, who do they look for? So Dawn Mann, D-A-W-N. M-A-N-N. And that is how we're going to end that little segment off. When we get back, Jade, 15-year-old, is going to be in studio with her new song, I Am Flippin' Excited. Download the Cliff Central app. Available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Wow, the Americans are taking over the studio today. Or should I more say the ladies? Next. Yeah, it is the ladies. Well, like I say, you've got a, a studio full of ladies today. I was just saying there when we while the song was playing... Next to Dawn's accent, like, I feel like I was so English. Like, I know I was saying, I know I am English, but when she speaks with her, like, Texan-American accent, and then you hear my voice afterwards, I was like, wow. Yeah, next, would you like a cup of tea and I maybe know, a horse? I feel like I need to hold my pinky out while I have a drink or something. Best you do. All right, we've got Jade, a 15-year-old sensation who has taken South Africa by storm. I've heard her perform live. I've seen her at gigs. She can hold her own, and she is phenomenal. Jade, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, and you? Good. It's amazing to have you in studio. I've never had you on my show before. No. Have you been on Cliff Central before? I have. I was with Gareth Cliff um, last year. Yeah. No, he's, yeah. He, I mean, I'm, um, you know. <laughs> no, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, you're only 15. Shouldn't you be in school right now? 
um, the principal said I could take a little bit off and then come back when I'm done. So. Is the pr- is the principal listening right now? I sure hope so. <laughs> he said he was gonna. <laughs> we hope your whole school's tuned in. Yeah. Um, how did you get into singing? Uh, well, last year, uh, beginning of last year, I wrote my first song, which is The Outsiders, which is also playlisted here. And um, that kind of came about when I was getting bullied really badly. And that's how the title came about, The Outsiders, because I really considered myself one. I mean, no one at school kind of talked to me. So I was really isolated and I was really hurt and everything like that. And that's when I turned to my music to just write and get that out. And when that song went to number one, I was like, okay, hey, I can actually do this, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm talented. <laughs> this girl's got the good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, then I wrote my second one. Um I am who I am, which um, really just showed, like, it was telling people that I can do something with my life and that I am not only an outsider, I can be who I am and I don't have to change for anyone. And, yeah, then I went to LA and I recorded a whole bunch of stuff. Which Look, is, you know, as you do. You know, yeah. just go to LA and record some music. That is phenomenal. I was going to say, that yeah. must have been awesome. <laughs> it was the best fun. Like, it was the time of my life. Seriously, it was awesome. Really, really yeah. rad. You you said your song went to number one. When that happened, did you still feel like an outsider? Or did people at school sort of take notice and go, yo, Jade's pretty flipping cool. Uh, one or two of them actually turned around and started talking to me. Then I was like, oh, here we go. Okay. Fake one, fake two, here we go. But th- that was the worst part for me, actually. Because it was like, okay, so I actually have to record a song and do something with my life for people to notice me. Then I was kind of like, okay, yay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But you have you made friends since then? Real friends? Yeah, I've moved schools and I have... I could literally not be more happier. I'm having the best time. I have such great friends at school. And yeah, they're just awesome people. And do they do they dig your music career as well? Are they, they there do. behind you and sort of they're very supporting supportive. you? Yeah, they're very supportive. And I really appreciate that because I've never really had that. So to have that now, it's really awesome. Flipping cool. Do you, yeah. do you gig? Do you go out and gig when you're not at school? Um, I try my best to. I do a lot of charity events this weekend. I did one for Layla. You know Layla? Yes, I do know Layla. Yes. Um, we did the Shavathon, so I sang there and I was like, not really DJing, but I was playing some tracks off my phone and we had lots of fun. So, yeah. But I try, I try my best to get out and do gigs and stuff. Yeah, cause I mean, that's, that's how you're gonna get out there. You've just, um, launched your new single, which we're gonna add to our playlist. Yeah. Uh, so that people can hear it and, and sort of get to know you. Your voice is phenomenal and not, you must know, not everybody can write music. That's not a simple thing that, uh, yeah. that people can do. So that's a God-given talent that you have. Thank you. Uh, like I said, I, I have heard you perform before and you are, absolutely phenomenal where where can people hear you next if they want to if they want to hear you well you can go onto my website i have a new website um it's www.reverbnation.co no 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 dot com sorry it's american website okay so it's dot com slash jade music two yeah and you can see photos you can see my youtube video my new music video that came out with this track that's going to be added to your playlist and my other songs as well absolutely phenomenal we're going to repost all of those links so that everybody uh can get in touch and, and sort of catch up with 
with what you're doing and what you're about and hear your music and buy it and yes. get involved and support <laughs> you because you are phenomenal. Thank you. Um, before I hand over the microphone and the, uh, the music to you, mm-hmm. I just, every week I've got a, something called the Change One Thing that I tell my listeners to do. Nikki knows that Change One Thing, Change Everything. This week is pretty massive for me. I, I spent four days creating a video because I was so passionate about it. I have released, uh, uh the blog that goes with it. Mm-hmm. About two weeks ago, there was a right-wing group uh, organization that were out in uh, the 012, and they were standing with a bunch of billboards, holding up their billboards, um, slacing homeless people, basically. So they were like the one sign said, too lazy to work, sure. uh, too bored to steal, you've become my problem. And I thought to myself, damn, this, like, I get it, homelessness, whatever, you've got the right to your own opinion, and, and that's all good, but yeah. so do I. And I decided to do a bit of research to figure out how bad it is in South Africa. Out of the 53 million people that work, or the 53 million people that are in South Africa, yeah. only 16 million of them work. Yeah, that's hectic. It's like 24% or something stupid. Um, and stats here say they, they, they try and make it look better by saying that there's a, a certain segment that they don't count because of the workforce age. But when you have households that are being run by eight-year-olds, it's a different story. Yeah. So I created a video. It took me four days. It's all about rethinking homelessness and noticing people out on the road. There is quite a problem in South Africa. And all I'm asking today for Change One Thing is just to realize that uh, the person you're looking at is human as well. We're all human. We're, We're all, all the human. same. We're all the same. Let's get that's, deep. That's how it goes. Get <laughs> deep. Um, you've tuned into the good stuff on Cliff Central. Uh, and we've spent the day chatting about good stuff. It's my favorite day of the week, Tuesday it's next. It's so quickly this hour. It always does. It always does. Um, we need to stay motivated. We need to inspire others. We're in this together. And the only way we'll get through this together. If people are the problem, then people are the solution. Let's remember that. That's the good stuff for this week. I'm going to ask you guys if you want to catch up with all the other podcasts, if you want to get on my show page and get all the information about our fantastic guests today, you just go down to cliffcentral.com and um, and we'll have it all there for you. Jade, I'm going to ask you uh, just to get all your, your music ready, to get all your instruments ready. Okay, cool. Um, prep your guitar if you, if you can. Uh, this is the good stuff. outsider one of them the outsiders we're living alone out there we are the fighters the dividers of the royal ground and we ain't changing who we are to please the kingdom that's in charge but da 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 but da 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 Jam to music just to lose it While the beat takes control We are the tough kids with the rough kicks And a million dollar smile And no one can hold us down We will fight back For we are, we are, we are The Outsiders This is CliffCentral.com